And so as HR professionals, we need to make sure our leaders know this, that they have the power to ensure that their team members enjoy their jobs and enjoy their work and don't feel burnt out. And so we need to empower our leaders with this knowledge that actually it needs to stem from them to prevent burnout and overwork in teams. All of the things I've mentioned on the podcast today are small actions that leaders can take with immediate effect to promote a healthy workplace environment for their team. I strongly encourage you as a leader and as an HR professional to take the time to put in the effort to prevent employee burnout. The result is going to be a connected, engaged team that performs at their best all year round. Doesn't that sound like magic? Welcome to the HR on the Brain podcast. Here we explore innovative approaches to dealing with key HR challenges so that you can continue to add massive value in your organization. I'm your host, Cherie Komlinilis. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of HR on the Brain. I'm your host, Cherie Komlinilis. And today I'm going to be talking to you about how to prevent burnout in 2023. Burnout's been a hot topic, um, and I'm sure you've seen articles trending on LinkedIn about the effects and the dangers of burnout. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you around how we can prevent burnout in 2023. This topic is quite important to us as HR professionals because, of course, our goal in HR is to encourage our teams to perform at their best. Um, That's one of the drivers of all of the things that we do. And, of course, burnout poses a massive risk to the well-being of teams and, of course, also their ability to perform in their roles. And so this is something that we need to, as HR leaders, be able to equip leaders in our organization with the skills so they understand how they can help their teams to prevent burnout um, in their roles. And so that's why we're focusing on this topic today. Now, if I look back on my career in learning and development, which started now almost 17 years ago, there have been many times that I've been faced with incredibly busy periods. There was a time that I had a small HR training team and we were responsible for training 100, yes, 100 new starters per month uh, because our company was ramping up uh, the company to have increased reach. But also there were a lot of people leaving the company. So there was some labor turnover And so the new starters also had to replace uh, people who had left. So it was quite urgent. And at the same time, we still had the rest of the L&D function to fulfill. We were still expected to deliver on business as usual initiatives, new products, new processes that the team needed to stay on track with. So in addition to that training of the new starters, we had to do our usual training function And at the same time, we were also still expected to create innovation and new projects in the L&D space. It was hectic. There was also a time in my career where I was building Brainybox alongside a demanding senior L&D role. 
I remember back then, you know, I'd wake up early every morning, 5 a.m. I'd work on Brony Box till about half past seven. Then I'd get ready for work and I'd go to work from nine, usually till about 6 p.m. because, you know, you're always in meetings, so you need that last hour in the day to actually get a few things done. And then from six, I'd head home and I'd get back to my laptop to work at Brainy Box from 8 p.m. onwards. And I worked from 8 p.m. to midnight at least four nights per week. Um, That sounds hectic as I share that. But that's what I had to do to, of course, grow Brainy Box at the same time or alongside my my work as an L&D leader. What is always so interesting to me is that in that second scenario where I was working on Brainy Box alongside my role, I was definitely tired. You know, those were long hours. I was very overscheduled. But you know what? I felt energized. I was inspired. I was motivated. I was driven to succeed um, despite how busy it was. Yet in the first scenario I shared with you where I was an L&D leader with all of that training that I needed to manage, After about 18 months, I felt completely over it and I started to look for other opportunities to exit my team to a new role. Now, if you think about it, both of these scenarios I shared with you were busy. Both were stressful. But why did I only feel that burnt out feeling in the first scenario? In our time together on this episode today, I will begin first by defining what burnout is And then I'm going to discuss how we as leaders can prevent ourselves and our teams from feeling burnt out by the end of 2023. Now, I always like to start uh, when I talk about a topic with a definition, because that just really grounds us in what we're talking about. So the World Health Organization added burnout to the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases as an occupational phenomenon. But being burnt out, it's not just about being really busy or really stressed at work. It's actually far more extensive than that. Specifically, the World Health Organization defines burnout as follows. A syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. Now, having heard this definition, how many of you listening can say you felt burnt out last year? I'm sure many of you are feeling that that perhaps was the case for you. And actually, burnout is a prevalent phenomenon in the workplace. Now, burnout is not a condition that magically appears, you know, suddenly you've burned out. Instead, it's the result of chronic workplace stress that builds up over time. That said, some would argue that not all stress is necessarily bad. You know, think about an important client presentation. If you're feeling a bit stressed about it, that might motivate you to create a five-star presentation and it might encourage you to practice it. The stress feeling gives you a sense of urgency, some momentum that helps you to achieve a positive outcome. However, in the case of burnout, the feelings of stress have escalated over time. Initially, you might not have noticed you were stressed. Maybe from there you were stressed now and then. 
suddenly you're consistently stressed. And once you burn out, actually that work stress completely consumes you. Some people even experience physical symptoms such as fatigue, muscle pain, or changes in appetite. And on the emotional side, people find themselves feeling dissatisfied, lacking motivation, and they see their behavior start to change. Once burnt out, you may have workplace outbursts or choose to isolate yourself at work, not speak up in meetings, put your camera off on meetings, all of these behaviors that just show you're not as connected. Now, why is it a bad thing if employees are experiencing burnout? Well, it's quite simple. It means that your employees are not satisfied with their work, and it means that their capacity to be effective in their roles is greatly reduced. This is not a place you want to be. So how do you as a leader notice that your team members are starting to feel burnt out? And how can you as an HR professional guide your leaders to help them notice when their team members are starting to burn out? Well, as leaders, we need to practice social awareness. We need to notice signs that may be a flag for us that our team member is burnt out or soon to be burnt out. Maybe we notice that team members express that they are exhausted. They share that in meetings. When you ask them how they're doing, they say, oh, I'm so tired, I'm exhausted. Pick up and notice those things. You might also notice that team members seem less energetic and more negative or cynical. Maybe a problem comes up that the team needs to address and instead of being excited to tackle that challenge, the team member appears negative. You know, that will be a flag for you. And also you might notice that team members produce lower quality work. If you notice these signs beginning to emerge, then you've got a flag that there may be some burnout being experienced in your team. And it's time to take action to prevent it before it, it goes any further. So let's consider each symptom independently to consider what can be done by our line managers to prevent this. Well, the first characteristic of burnout is that having is that the person has feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. To prevent this as leaders, you can set realistic expectations when it comes to tasks and timelines. There are always busy periods, for sure, but team members are not able to sustain prolonged periods of high stress. Your leader's role is to monitor the schedule and make sure that they strategically incorporate recovery time for team members in the plans. So we can't expect a go-go-go schedule. We want to also build in weeks or days or periods where team members are working on slightly different tasks, perhaps a task that gives them a creative outlet, perhaps it's a task that's just a bit less demanding, but we are actually coupling busy periods with these recovery periods as well. It's not to say people won't be working in the recovery period. They are working, but it's the what they're working on and the process of the work is a less um, busy period or a less stressful period. The second thing is that we can encourage team members to take time off. Um, and if, as leaders, you are contacting the staff member in non-working time, you need to stop this. As a leader, you need to be a role model for your team of what a healthy work-life balance should look like. And you need to encourage them to take time out with friends and family. So if you're not starting to notice them saying, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, 
then you that's the time to have the conversation and say let's let's plan for some time off for you um and let's protect your working hours so that you're not working after hours and then as a leader it's my job also to show them that i'm doing that that i'm having boundaries with my time and that i'm doing fun and exciting things with my family and friends as well the third thing you can do to prevent this exhaustion is make it easy for your team members to do their jobs allow them to work from home on some days if that's possible give them the equipment they need and give them flexibility when they need it people are going to feel less stressed if the tools they have work and they can do their jobs with ease. Another thing you can do is to prioritize wellness and work. And no, I don't mean go hire a provider for a fancy wellness program. You can keep it simple, you know, get healthy snacks at a team meeting instead of, you know, sweets. If you have an office space, make it inviting and calm. Sign your team up for a training program that focuses on themselves as a person and their wellness as opposed to just business objectives. And then if you do all of these things and you see, look, these feelings of exhaustion are still persisting, then it's time to have a conversation with your team member and ask what the source of the exhaustion is. If it's stemming from their home life, perhaps you can link them to resources to help them to cope better. The second characteristic is increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. Now, to prevent this, you can ensure that all team members understand the company vision and goals. In essence, you want to help the employee to reconnect their role, their job, to the purpose of the company. You can also encourage your team member to pursue a workplace project that they feel is needed for the team and that they would be interested in. Now, that might seem counterintuitive, They're stressed and burned out, and now you're giving them more work. (laughs) I know it might sound that way. But remember, you're encouraging them to pursue a project that they want and that they're interested in. And so it's giving them that inspired action and a creative outlet that can help them to reignite their connection to their job role. You can also create an inspiring team environment by cultivating connection between team members. Set up regular connect meetings, Put in place meeting-free Fridays or afternoons and encourage team members to pursue interests outside of work. You can also discuss team member career goals and progression with them. This can also get the team member motivated and excited to tackle their current role. So all of these items help the person to reconnect back with their role. Once you've dealt with these first two characteristics of burnout, The person's professional efficacy should improve naturally as a result. This is because the person will have their passion for their work reignited and they'll have realistic expectations that they feel they can achieve well. And so you'll see the professional efficacy is improving. So if we go back to the question I opened this podcast with today, why did the second situation not leave me feeling burnt out, but the first one did? Well, in scenario one, I had unrealistic timelines and expectations set out by my manager. I was under-resourced and there was little to no recovery time. We just had to keep going, training the 100, training the 100. And also because the situation wasn't changing and there was no strategic direction in terms of our labor turnover problem, I started feeling cynical and much less optimistic about my role and my potential contribution. In scenario two, 
I felt that connection and that purpose to what I was building at Brainy Box. I felt um, that I had realistic expectations for myself and I knew what I was building and growing. And so even though it was busy in that second scenario, I felt inspired and energized and not burnt out at all. What is important to note is that as a leader, you have more power than you realize when it comes to preventing burnout in the workplace. And so as HR professionals, we need to make sure our leaders know this, that they have the power to ensure that their team members enjoy their jobs and enjoy their work and don't feel burnt out. And so we need to empower our leaders with this knowledge that actually it needs to stem from them to prevent burnout and overwork in teams. All of the things I've mentioned on the podcast today are small actions that leaders can take with immediate effect to promote a healthy workplace environment for their team. I strongly encourage you as a leader and as an HR professional to take the time to put in the effort to prevent employee burnout. The result is going to be a connected, engaged team that performs at their best all year round. Doesn't that sound like magic? You have the power to facilitate this as an HR leader. Go out there, speak to the leaders in your organization and show them that they have the power to prevent burnout in the workplace and help them to engineer connected, engaged team environments that will support team members to perform well as well as prioritize the emotional and mental well-being as well. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. I hope that you've gained value from it and that you will be able to start implementing these small actions with immediate effect. Have a lovely day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and spending the time with us. I would love to meet you. Join us at our next event where we discuss a key HR challenge. To sign up, visit www.thebrainebox.com forward slash events. And if you enjoyed this show, I'd be so grateful if you left us a review on iTunes. Talk soon.